0: Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom
1: Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends.
0: So today's topic, creating passion for your association. Tom, why did you want to start with this? What is it about this topic that, that you liked? And again, Tom, the association exec, Dave, the entrepreneur. That's kind of how we're we're breaking this up, and we do not agree on much. So we, we like each other, right, Tom? Like we each do. Other.
1: But back in the old days, they called this crossfire. Crossfire. There was a yeah. Called crossfire. Wasn't yeah. On, there? It was on CNN. I loved it, man. It was it was a conservative and a and a liberal just talking topics from different perspectives, and it, I loved it. I watched it all the time. I thought it was great debate. Great well, debate. I
0: know you're not the liberal, and if that makes me the liberal. <laughs> That's this will be an interesting. One. This is going All right, be fun. Tom, why are we starting with creating passion for your association? I know you were pretty adamant about this being the first one. Why?
1: So here's the thing. If association leadership, think about our association, Metal Trading Institute. In 1933 in a hotel in Detroit, 22 companies came together frustrated individually why they were what they were happening and where their were frustrations were in their business. And all of a sudden one of them made the comment, "What if we band together?" And we all of a sudden came together because we all have this passion to really work together to be better. So they formed the association. Every association in the country has that moment. And it's not driven by anything other than passion to be a part of something bigger than yourselves that can change the trajectory of your association, whether you're an individual or a business, so that you can have a good opportunity to compete in today's world and bring resources. In. And for me, passion if you can create this passion in your association, you're running downhill in the whole association concept. If you don't have any passion, that's where apathy comes in. I've been in front of many association strategic planning sessions with the board and say, What's the what's the passion in your industry? And they'll say, There's so much apathy. Well, apathy exists because they're not seeing the passion in the association which drives it. And that's the sole thing I have focused on at MTI and any so. This is my third CEO job. And everything for me starts from the top down from the exec, to the staff, to the leadership, down to the members, creating passion where they feel proud to be a member. And so that's the number one thing, because if you can get that in your association, selling membership and retaining is a downhill trajectory, not an uphill run, which makes it much that, more difficult.
0: Everything you're saying makes me think about the word culture when we're mm-hmm. talking about, like that. that's a big topic in the world of entrepreneurship is this idea of creating a company, creating a business where the culture is so strong that your people come to work every day with, with a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. right? So, and if you can create a business with employees that think in terms of, of why they're waking up, I mean, Simon Sinek Start With Why. That's mm-hmm. a great book, primarily designed for business owners, I think, but really applicable, I think, to the association as well. If you identify, create this sense of why, not how or what you do, but why you do it, now that becomes a huge part of your story as an organization. I mean, how many associations do you know? And I've worked with hundreds, literally hundreds of associations over the past 20-ish years of being a software technology guy for associations. I had a learning management system called Peach New Media Freestone, and now my business is PropFuel. So for 20 years, I've been working with hundreds of associations. And it's, it's stunning to me how many of them focus on the perks, the discounts, the content, of course, in the learning space, a huge part of their value proposition is the um, mandatory credit, the hours to continue your, your certification, or if you're a, you know, a lawyer or, or a, a nurse, or a, uh, the mandatory hours you need to maintain your license. Right. Uh, and that's what they focus on. That's the what But Simon Sinek and his book, Start With Why, phenomenal book. And if you don't have time to read the book or you're not interested, there's a TED Talk, and I know you've seen it, Tom. There's a TED Talk that's 18 minutes, and it gives you everything you want to know about this concept of starting with why. But a lot of associations in particular don't do that. They're selling their learning. They're selling their conference. They're selling the discounts.
1: I remember the most ineffective mailing I ever got from an association. I talk about it in my – I had this session I – talk to association leaders called how to get members to scream your name and beg for more and it's really about screaming your value and one of the things i talk about in there is getting the mailing of a hundred reasons to be a member of our association a hundred reasons and that's overwhelming what they're what they got is this concept of let's get a big chunk of meat and throw it on the wall and see what sticks and it doesn't stick because it's it's overwhelming to most people what you need to do is figure out the three things that you do better than anybody in the marketplace and it, it points to the why and a short story real quick, Dave, about how come why is so important. So my accounts payable person that used to work for me, she just saw herself as someone that billed dues and collected dues and paid bills. And she, you know, at one point she came into work and just was frustrated and she just felt like she's coming into a job. And so I had to go back and I said, let me go show you something. I go, you're a part of a thing that you change lives every day. She goes, how do I change lives? I went and printed off. We have one of the probably the all of manufacturing's leading executive management training program called the yes manager training program been going on since 2007. We sell it out every year. It sells out so fast. We don't even have to print brochures. We just put it out there because the word of mouth is so amazing. So at the end of the session, I always ask through our uh, private community cause they all have their own private community so they can continue to stay connected as a class. I ask them the day after they get back from this session. So what did the last 10 months mean to you? How did it change your life directly? And man, if you could read the personal stories, we have a team that focuses, and you know i Dave, the core group, they focus on professional development. Being a life coach, I focus on personal development, and together we look at a holistic approach. And the stories in, the, in this, this room every year are so amazing. I've become a better father. I've become a better mother. I've become a better spouse. I've become a better, I've been in the best shape of my life. I've become a better manager. I've become someone that seeks the and, uh, ideas of my staff instead of telling them where they need to go. And those stories. So I took a pen of those off and just gave it to her. Said, "I want you to read this. Without you in this desk paying the bills and, and and billing the dues, freeing me and other staff members, that that's our gift is to go out and change and help change these people's lives. This doesn't happen. And you're plugged into that process." She immediately took a turn and said, "Oh my gosh, my job's so much more than just paying bills." changed her attitude because she immediately saw how her connection into the company and the association was changing people's lives. When you can make people better, fathers, mothers, spouses, friends, and better employees in a career, that's so much more than being in an association, which leads to the element of why we do what we do. We wanna change lives on a daily basis by helping maximize profits, productivity, and people in our organization. So we, a lot of people say, Tom, profitability is such a nasty word to put out there. I'm like, no, it's not. If you're not profitable, You can't pay your people, you can't grow jobs, you can't grow your company. So a lot of our programs are focused at productivity, which then makes people better, that grows profits, which then makes the business grow to do better things in the community.
0: We're talking about the why, right? Mm -hmm. So understanding the overall writing number one reason, the organization exists, whether it's a business or an association for that matter. doesn't matter what is the why, Mm -hmm. right? But then what you got into, I think is really interesting. And that is the member stories, customer stories, employee Mm -hmm. or staff stories. I mean, these stories are what take the membership from the head the logic of you know, right does it makes is it worth two hundred fifty dollars to join this association? Am I saving? Am I getting my money back? Did I enjoy enjoy the conference enough, or am I getting enough value out of these online sites? Am I getting enough discounts on things? Let's get rid of all those doubts and questions by making people feel emotionally connected. Get that decision for your members to renew from the head and move it to the heart. Right. And I've seen some organizations do that really, really well. Let me tell you, the YWCA, Young Women's, uh, is it Christian? Mm -hmm. association Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway so many many years ago i worked with them we were doing a podcast with them this is back when we were in the learning space and i i actually was interviewing this woman named polly mitchell that i i did this for the ywca now polly mitchell had an amazing story this poor woman polly mitchell was abused just horribly abused by her husband they had a child, and the abuse was primarily keeping her captive in their apartment and This guy, when he would leave he'd lock her in you could act- he' actually locked her in the apartment, and the windows they were closed off i 'm getting a chill thinking about this, and I remember this story this must have been fifteen years ago. I had this conversation, and i 'm still talking about it mm-hmm. the-, the windows he would line the windows with um, uh, tin foil. you know why tinfoil. Mm-hmm. Because if you go to move the tinfoil, push it aside to look out the window, it wrinkles the tinfoil.
1: Right. Okay. You can't fix
0: that. So okay. that way, when the husband gets home, he would know that she was doing something with the window, the, the phone, he'd do a star six, nine, which I haven't done that in years. But I think what that means is, you know, the last number was dialed, you can hear mm-hmm. what number was dialed last. And he was the one that knew what number was dialed last. Needless to say, he, she was a prisoner. In this home and of course she was physically abused as well i mean the story goes on and on i interviewed her for about an hour hour and a half about this topic well at one point he bought a fax machine to use an aside business he didn't think of of doing the star 69 in the fax machine line so she used the fax machine to call a friend that she could confide in and tell this friend what had been going on all this time and the friend reached out to ywca YDCWCA did a little research, did their own evaluation, and eventually with the authorities, they got Polly Mitchell out of there while the husband is at work. They actually took her out the window. She passed her her uh, child out the window first. And she actually told me when she had one foot out the window and one foot still in. This breaks my heart to think about. She questioned whether or not she should leave. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. So so this is the story. So the YWCA. So now when I tell you that the YWCA's why, why, you know what their why is? Their why is to empower women. Mm -hmm. Now when I tell you that, that really hits home, especially Mm -hmm. with the power of the story. So there's a great example of an organization that has this amazing why to empower women, number one, and then they support it with stories like this, this one from Polly Mitchell and they, they spread the word about this. You know, another guy that did this great, and this is not an association, but it's similar, is actually, he's a friend of mine, Joe DeSena. He's the founder of this thing called Spartan Races. You ever hear of Spartan Races? Yep. Yeah, yep. so he he started Spartan Races. And he'll go out to these races. Now, this again, it's not an association, but it's very similar in terms of finding stories from these races. And he goes out to these races and he'll interview people and ask them, So, what got him into Spartan? And you know, some of them he'll let them go. They're not really that. Motivating, But in others, like, you know, the guy that, and I'm just kind of making this up. I think one of the ones I remember is, the guy says, Spartan saved my life. I was an alcoholic. I was struggling. I didn't have something to latch onto as I was trying to quit alcohol. And he found Spartan races and Spartan races became his, his uh, medication. It became his self, uh, mm-hmm. the thing he could latch onto as he let alcohol go in his past. And, and so when you hear stories like that, all of a sudden Spartan becomes more than Than just a race right so that's i think that's what i hear you saying is let's form that why but then let's support it with these amazing stories
1: i agree you know and and going back to what um we said in the intro about the one reason why many associations are not able to transition into this new economy we're in and i said and i said this back in 2008 12 years ago and it's still true today it's imperative as we move into the future that, that associations are business savvy ran by people that are business savvy And the challenge with many associations is they're ran by governors who really run great board meetings. They do really good at at engaging people in terms of the staff, but they're not business savvy in terms of new product development. They're not a Stephen Jobs. They're a governor of a state, but not a Stephen Jobs, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg type, even a Dave Will type, you know, who really sees things through that entrepreneurial spirit that easily helps them identify needs and wants to turn it into value that make their association members want to get engaged in the process
0: you just gave me an idea we need to have an episode on innovation
1: yeah exactly and that, executing innovation like right. it's, it's one one idea to have all of
0: these kind of cool ideas it's another thing actually to to get them off the ground test them know when to walk away and no when to 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 i don't want to say run because that's we're not gambling here but no one to walk away and when, when to hold them
1: i I tell you what i've done was that
0: song no one to walk away no one no one yeah no
1: one to hold is um." it kenny rogers uh i think so no
0: one to fold them
1: no one to walk away (laughs) but hey i've been a part of some strategic planning sessions listening to some board members and i'm like y'all just need to run just run from this program you know because they you gotta
0: know when to hold them
1: no one to fold them buddy
0: yeah, but, All right. that... so, but, but, but so back to the topic today is creating path. You know, I interviewed a guy once named Cal Fussman. And this guy was one of the coolest journalists I've ever met in my life. He actually spent a week with Muhammad Ali in his home. This is mm-hmm. like when, uh, you know, well into Muhammad's retirement before he passed. And uh, he's interviewed Gorbachev, you know, the, wow. the yeah. president Gorbachev. And he always had this philosophy of start with the heart and move to the head. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because it's kind of opposite of what we're saying here. Well, maybe it's not actually. I think what we're saying here is let's, let's start with the heart and let's really emphasize the emotion in the associations. But Cal had an interview with Gorbachev where he thought he had 40 minutes with Gorbachev, which is good enough to write an article. That's what he had to do, write an article. Right. It. And the day before they called him and said, look, we're sorry, we got to cut you down to 10 minutes. And he's thinking, well, geez, 10 minutes. With the cordiality and with the translation, that's one question. He gets one question. What do you ask Gorbachev in one question that you can write an article about? So he gets in there again. Remember, start with the heart, move to the head. That's Cal Fussman's philosophy. And he says, tell me about your father. What's something you learned from your father? And after the translation, Gorbachev looks up at the ceiling, almost like this is how Cal described it to me. He said, Gorbachev was looking at the ceiling almost as if he was watching a movie play. And he described how he remembers as a kid dropping his father off at the train station, the whole family, and getting ice cream. And he remembers holding the ice cream cone and the taste of the vanilla and seeing it drip down the cone. And he says that memory is one of the reasons why Gorbachev is so adamant about preventing war. And this is back when he was over. And so I think this is related to the Cold War. And, uh, but anyway, so the producer comes in or whatever, the manager comes in and says, okay, time's up. And Gorby looks at them and says, one more question. That's my Russian accent. One more right. question. <laughs> you do it well. And this happened like four times. Would you believe he ended up getting 40 minutes
1: That's awesome. out of
0: Gorbachev because he was asking the right questions, right. starting with the heart, moving to the head.
1: What that tells me is there's a lot of leaders in today's world that need to eat more ice cream.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ice cream is good stuff, man.
1: It is, it is. It so is. you know
0: what? Uh, Jeff Bezos, just this week, now I'm, I'm dating this a little bit. I don't think you're supposed to do it on a podcast, but Jeff Bezos, along with a bu- bunch of other tech moguls presented to Congress. And you know what was so amazing about Jeff Bezos' testimonial was it was so emotional.
1: Mm-hmm. He told
0: stories. He started with the heart. And moved to the head. He started with his upbringing to a single mom. He started with uh, all these stories about the challenges that he had to overcome in his life. He didn't just start as the richest man in the world.
1: Well, he transitioned, um, he transitioned the conversation from the richest man in the world to a working class man who, who's worked hard to get something successful in America. And he did it through story. Right.
0: So tell me now, with all of this, how do we take this and bring it back to an association? So we don't want to go too long with these, but tell me, how do we wrap this episode up? What can associations do to create more passion? What do you think?
1: So for me, there's two things that we did in 2009 that transformed the trajectory of our passion. One, you got to understand that the heart is your mission and people support that, but people buy your value. And that's the head part. So you got to have a great yeah. combination yeah. of stories here that make a difference that that support your mission, but missions charitable, no one really pays for the mission. Your, your top 30, your members do because they do well, and they want to support the mission. But the bottom two thirds, and even some of the top third, when they go to write their check, that's the moment of truth, their head is asking themselves, what was the value I got this year, they didn't think they passed this legislation, they didn't think that they changed this story or the or, or, you know, Joe had a great story. They're looking at in my business and my daily life as a realtor or individual, how did they give me value and make a difference? So, you got to have first, you got to have some heart stories, but you got to have good value, which we're going to talk about down the road. The second thing is, is you got to have a branded rally cry that everyone can put themselves around. And in 2009, wait, started- wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. H- hold on. Before number two, the branded rally, let's go back uh-huh. to the first one. Do okay. you think it's possible for associations to get members? to the point where they're saying, you know what, to make the purchase 100% with the heart. 100. So, And I'll give you an example. My father was a member of ASME, American Society of Mechanical Engineers. He worked for United Technologies. He's 82 now. He was a fellow for ASME. Now, he hasn't done anything with ASME in years, but he's still a member. He right. still writes that check every year because it's a part of who he is. Right. So how do you get members of an association to forget about the value? Like let's forget about the value. This is just who I am and I'm writing the check this year again. Is that possible?
1: It it used to be back in the but but before the internet, it used to be because people had to come to trade shows to see the latest product, get the latest information. And now you don't have to do that. So that's
0: that's value. I'm talking about creating the sense of this is who I am. I'm a mechanical engineer and I'm less of a mechanical engineer without ASMA behind me. Is that That's
1: possible? Not, not in today's world, just because people think they have access and so many people don't like people. If that was the case, Dave, 501c3s who are all about stories and fundraising, I mean, they're transforming, they're, they're taking people from cancer to non-cancer, from autism to non-autism. I mean, they're, they're transforming lives with the movements and they still have a big struggle selling the, the heart and purpose to everybody. So I think for, for individuals, professional societies and trade associations, you have to have a level of value that comes in and says, hey, we got great stories and we're transforming lives, but here's how you're also going to benefit through that and that process. Now, when someone has been a part of it for 10 or plus years, of course, it's a part of who you are if the association's done their job because you've done a good job. Because here's the, here's the sad thing about many associations, only about 40% of association members are connected in with the meetings, which is where you get the emotions. You know, the average, of, the average number of, of individuals connected in and engaged in an association process is about 65, according to Marketing General's surveys. So, you know, you got 60 to 70% of the members who really are just dues-paying, newsletter-receiving members who aren't really engaged at some level, so they don't have a chance to, to get into that heart kind of structure. So I think, I think in today's world, because you have so much available around you in the internet, and so much connection to the internet, I think it's more challenging to have a heart-only based connection with, it, with an organization.
0: All right, so value is the first thing you wanted to wrap up. What, what an association needs to do is find that core value. What, what's the next thing?
1: Well, the, the biggest thing is you have to have that rally cry. And in, in the rally cry. In okay. 2009, because you have to have something that brands people for two reasons. You want people to feel weaker without you and stronger with you. If you can pull that off, then people all of a sudden say, oh, my gosh, I got to have access to that because I'm weaker without it, stronger with. And we do, we do that with our, with our signature saying, you're not just strong, you're MTI strong. And people after, after like four years began to believe and buy into that process. And now they actually make toasts at meetings with it that got on a toast that we're not just strong, we're MTI strong. And that says something about what they believe. That's a heart thing. The third thing is you got to create an amazing amount of fomo
0: so value the cry what'd you call it the the rally the rally the rally, the rally cry. cry
1: yeah the rally cry that brings people then, together.
0: okay now hit, hit me with the third thing
1: is fomo fear of missing out you need to create so much value and experience within your association when people see pictures videos and things going on hmm. through your branding media strategy they're like we're missing out we got to get in there because we're gonna we're, we're behind the eight ball we're running change is happening so fast We've gotta be a part of the process. So it's the difference between, do you wanna sit in the stands and watch the game, or do you wanna get down in the field and play the game?
0: So is that happening in social media? I mean, is that what you mean? The fear of missing out, you wanna, like I know my kids, I'll tell you this right now, like when they're stuck on vacation with me, they're watching all their friends are doing on social media and talk about missing out. We could be in one of the coolest places in the world, and they'll be looking at their friends at the beach saying, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here with my parents.
1: Well, what I, what I, what I, for Association World, I go to many meetings that I've, spoke, I've spoken at over 125 conferences in the last six years, and I, I'm never amazed that no one's walking around with a camera or a video camera talking to people, getting those stories, those clips about what's happening. What they do is they send out a four-page summary of what happened at the meeting, and no one reads past <laughs> paragraph one. No one. Oh so my they, don't, God. they don't know what they're missing out on, but we're we huge on doing two to three-minute videos with music. It looks like a, a movie trailer. And, the and that goes is,
0: out over social media? It goes out
1: through social media. It's on our website. It's in every invite. It's in every thank you. It's everywhere. But that's
0: going to your members. Like, how do you get that to people outside your organization so that they're like, oh, my God, I'm missing stuff?
1: We are. We are. We do send it. We we even bought zip drives, thumb drives, and sent a uh, a year long membership stuff that was three and a half minutes to every non member. So we're using video.
0: Oh, so you send that to non members. We
1: get it to every, we get it to every, even and people that don't attend a meeting. We send them saying, "Hey, look what you missed," and they hear the stories, they see the music, and that's why a lot of people say, "Tom, where'd you get your marketing savvy?" And here's what I tell them, which cracks How people How do
0: it, people always come up to me? Are like, "How are you so handsome?" <laughs> Where, no, so tell me about your marketing savvy. Time. So, so, so,
1: so, I, so, where I get my ideas from is I watch NASCAR because they bring brand awareness. People buy product because their driver is in that car. So I watch how NASCAR does brand marketing. I watch WWE wrestling periodically because they're the best at building the passion for their product. I mean, you look at the passion that goes on inside. Now it's getting a little different with COVID because you don't have seventeen thousand screaming fans in the in the stadium screaming at it, but they're the best at building passion for what goes on in that arena. And the third one is I go into movie theaters 20 minutes early and watch the movie trailers because when those movie trailers make you want to either watch or come back and between the three of those things of passion, building a brand and building a message in three minute video that makes you want to come back, that's how I position all the marketing that we do in terms of using video because I want when people watch it, I want them to either join, I want them to either come to a meeting, I want them to join a program, one of those three.
0: That's a really good way to wrap this. I think if I could summarize, I guess my personal perspective here, I'd say start with why. Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K, uh, start with why. again, TED Talk or the book. And that's the first and foremost. And then the second thing I think is supporting that with member stories mm-hmm. and a shameless plug here, one great way to capture member stories is using the PropFuel tool, the voice of the member tool to, to to for contextual engagement so that we can identify who they are. That's, let's call that a sponsorship plug right there, Tom.
1: Let's do that. Let's do that. We'll All right.
0: You. Hey, this was a cool first episode. I had I a good time.
1: It. I had a great time. I love talking about this because this allows me to exude my passion that I love about this industry.
0: I learned something from you.
1: I always learned something, man. I learned that you are a good-looking guy and you're still wondering where your good looks come from.
0: And then I also learned, Tom, that you sometimes question where did all this marketing savvy I have come from?
1: <laughs> and it comes from the World Wrestling Federation, right?
0: <laughs> WWE. It used to be the federation. Now, yeah. Back in the, what, 80s or 90s. Yeah, you? somebody, somebody the sued
1: point. them for copyright infringement and they lost.
0: All right, Tom. Great first episode. I'll catch you later.
1: Hey, real quick, Dave. Yes. One final comment. Remember, yes. this all goes back to the Gladiator. Watch the Gladiator when they go into the Roman Empire and the Roman Colosseum. And Russell Crowe's there, and he asks the the army that's with him, the gladiator's in, and says, "Have any of you ever served in the army?" And everybody kind of grumbles as men doing the in, in the arena. And he says, "Look, whatever comes out of these gates, whatever comes at us, if we stay together, we survive. If we stay together, we live." And to me. That is the ultimate, simple story of why associations are the best. Peace. We hope you gained some inspiration that will help you run an efficient and effective association just like a business and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorson.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com.
0: Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.